Welcome to YA Media, New Milford Youth Agency's media production podcast. I'm Sierra. I'm Roxanne. I'm Annabelle. And I'm Dylan. Hello, everyone. Today's guest is Justin Colmer. Before we get started, we'd like to inform you that we're all wearing masks due to COVID-19. Hi, Justin. Would you like to tell us about yourself and your job with the New Milford Police Department? Sure. So my name's Justin. I work for New Milford Police Department. And for a little over a year now, I've been piloting a program in community policing. And my job title is the Community Care Coordinator. So as part of the police department, I am responsible for following up in crisis situations focused around substance use, mental health, suicide, homelessness, and domestic violence. When was this position created? My start date officially was September 23rd of 2019. Right, so you started this before um, there was the whole Black Lives Matter movement that got really started, right? Yep, absolutely. We we initially kind of started the program because we wanted to address the opioid crisis. Right. However, when we had the initial conversations about what this program would look like, kind of talked about we could take it a step further. Right? Because oftentimes people suffering from substance abuse often have co-occurring disorders and have other things going on in their lives. So we really wanted to create this initiative of community policing and connecting people to additional resources. Do any other towns have this service? Not that I'm aware of. We are the first police department in the state of Connecticut to start this initiative. Um, I have not personally been able to find a program nationwide that's doing it to the extent that we are. There are several programs throughout the country that focus specifically on substance use or specifically on mental health or specifically on homelessness, but no one really taking a community aspect of working with all agencies combined to better address the needs of the individual. So why did you decide to do this position? Just wanted to help people. Um, It was really an idea where I identified that we could be doing something better um, when we're given in those crisis situations, right? Rather than just giving someone a card and saying, hey, call this number for help. Now it's, hey, let's sit down, let's call together. Do you think that um, other communities near us are going to try this soon? Are you trying to push for that? It's a difficult question to answer based off of the climate currently going on uh, due to the most recent pandemic. Right. However, my goal would be that every police department nationwide would have this program. Right. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a while because a lot of departments are having difficulty with funding, want to look at um, what's the effectiveness. So we have to make sure that this program is successful first. Okay. What kind of um, like prerequisites did you need for the job? You know, are you like a trained police officer? Did you have to go to college for it? Like, what what exactly did you have to do? So I did not go to college specifically for social work. I actually right. went to school for criminal justice. Okay. Um, I am not a trained certified police officer. I'm actually just called a community care coordinator, right? Like, I don't have my master's in social work. My master's isn't going to be in public administration. But really, it was just about talking to people because mm-hmm. you don't necessarily need to be a clinician in order to do this work, right? You just need to be a human being. Did you go into college with the intent of becoming a police officer? I actually went into college with the intent of being in the FBI, the federal level, but law enforcement. Since I, since I was young, I always wanted to help people, and I thought that helping people at the federal level would create the greatest impact. But then I realized over time that the greatest impact is seen at the community level because, unfortunately... With most governments, right, and regulated capitalism as well as with the checks and balances that we have, there's a lot of bureaucracy. There's a lot of policymaking and there's a lot of reporting. So this is a little bit more out of the box. 
how did you find this job? Were you the one to create it or did they like go to find you to ask about this job? It was really a collaboration between the police chief, the mayor and myself. So I had been working in a similar field. I worked actually for a hospital network um, here for a couple of years and had conversations with the mayor um, about what that program was. And then, you know, moving forward, the chief and the mayor were like, hey, you know, we kind of have this idea of what we want to do. So we kind of all worked together. What inspired you to want to help people when you were younger? We all come from different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. We all have different um, things that we experience in our life. And I thought that me being an able-bodied person, um, and I'm very, very grateful for that, that I should be doing everything that I can to help people that don't have the same footing or the same opportunities. So I want to make sure that everyone's given that level playing field. Uh, so you said that your job is different from being a police officer, but how do you work with the police? Like, what's your involvement with police officers? How I respond to different calls is I actually get the alert through dispatch or an officer on the scene will request my assistance. So being an employee of New Milford Police Department, I'm privy to what is going on currently. Therefore, when we do have a current situation, I will respond to the scene. I will be working with the individual and or their family on the scene, as well as the police and any other emergency services. And then we collaborate to come up with a plan of what's best fit for the individual and or family. So in those situations, are you working directly with the police to find resources and to help these people? Yeah. Usually what I like to do is because police are very busy and they have a lot of things going on. If we're at a point where I'm conducting my assessment and this, the situation is safe and that I can continue to do my work, but that I can relieve the other emergency services, I will say, hey, it's, it's okay to leave. I, I can take it from here. And then I, I follow up. I do that initial assessment. And then we start immediately working towards on a plan. So whether that's finding treatment, whether that's working on employment, whether that's connecting to financial resources or medical care, we do that initially. Can you tell us about an example in our community, something that really struck you and that really had an impact on you? Of course. Over, over the course of last year, um, like I said, I usually respond to a lot of overdoses. That's mm -hmm. one of my priorities. So roughly about nine, 10 months ago, I responded to a scene of an overdose. And luckily enough, he was revived. And working with the individual there, we got him into the ambulance. We were able to get him to the hospital. I followed the ambulance to the hospital. Once we got to the hospital, I worked with him and kind of explained, tried to find out what was the root cause, what was going on, what's going on with his life. And his parents showed up. So his parents were very afraid, very upset. Um, didn't really know what was going on, so I was able to explain the information that I had, and this is what we were dealing with, and that we should be looking for some sort of treatment because he had been using for a while. And at that point, we were able to find a detox for him. Mm -hmm. So I was able to call around and find a place for him to go. We were able to transfer him um, and get him the transportation to a detox, a freestanding detox facility. I was able to connect the family to a support group so that they had other people that have shared experiences so they could receive the support that they needed. Mm -hmm. And then through the course of treatment, I was able to follow him from the freestanding detox facility to the appropriate rehab facility, all the way through sober housing and, and employment. Right. So to this day, he's actually working and living in sober housing. What do you think the most important step of all this for the patient is? I think it's, I think it's right off the bat. So meeting that individual where they're at in the moment on scene mm -hmm. and telling them that even though they have been struggling with addiction for a long time, that they don't have to be alone right. and that someone's going to be there to work with them and not judge them for their actions. Mm -hmm.
building that trust has allowed me to be able to navigate the system on their behalf and get them the appropriate treatment they need. So you deal with some like pretty serious situations. So I guess my question is, what are the resources that are available to you and to the people you're working with to help them in these moments of crisis? I can tell you that living and working in New Milford, as much of a great community is, it does lack a lot of different resources. So I've had to build relationships with a lot of greater New Milford providers, right? A lot of people in Danbury, <clears throat> as well as across the state. So substance use and mental health is a very stigmatized subject and not a lot of people know where to go. So I've worked with local prevention councils. We do have one in here in New Milford. It's called New Milford Cannon. On their website is actually a list of available resources within our local community and greater community. I work a lot with them and I communicate with them on behalf of the client. Okay, so what resources do you think are still needed or what resources would you like to see that would help you with your job and help people who you're working with? Transportation is a huge a huge issue, right? So let's say I have someone who is motivated to get help um, or even is motivated to move forward with medical care. How do I get that individual from where they're living to the appropriate treatment? Right now, through the substance use um, world, we have one organization that will provide tr transportation, but sometimes they can take up to eight or 10 hours. And that's a huge barrier because the individual might not even be motivated to seek that treatment anymore. So luckily enough, through this program, I provide transportation initially, but I'd say moving forward is once they're stable, how do we get ongoing transportation for them? Are there any improvements that you've seen? Anything that was an issue beforehand, but that has been addressed? Naturally, due to my position, I'm constantly building new relationships and continuing relationships with a lot of providers. So since I've started this program, due to those relationships, I've been able to streamline services for a lot of clients. So initially, I had difficulty with primary care or mental health resources, and now I don't because I've fostered those relationships and they have a great understanding of what I do. So we collaborate together. Could you give us an idea of like the demographics or like what are the most common issues that you see? What demographics are you looking for? Like, I guess in New Milford, like specifically what the biggest issues are or that like um, when you get calls, like what are the situations that you have to deal with the most often or like what, I don't know if groups of people is the right word or like maybe ages. Sure. Surprisingly enough, um, for what I do, I would say I would see more men than women. I would see more alcohol than any other substance. But most importantly, I, I see a lot of people struggling with their own mental health. And I think you even using the term mental health is difficult because we all experience mental health. You know, I we've all experienced depression, anxiety. Mm -hmm. So that's that I see most often because people don't know how to handle. And especially in this current climate with this pandemic, it's even more of a challenge because people can't get anywhere. What do you think like would be a resource that the community needs to know about that they might not know about? Sure. If, if you're going to relate it to substance use, I would say that you know that's, that's a great point not a lot of people know about is the fact that at New Milford Police Department, we're not trying to arrest someone if they're looking for help so that anybody can come into New Milford Police Department at any time, day or night, and they can turn in all their drugs and paraphernalia and they will not be charged with a crime. And if they are looking for help, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I will be called and I will meet them at the police department or wherever they want in order to get them help. Right. In regards to going on with different social aspects in our community, 
I would say that people need to understand what are they really looking for in help from the police. Right. So if your air conditioner is broken, you need it fixed. What are you looking for? Are you having trouble paying for the electricity? Are you having trouble paying for a new air conditioner? And really doing that assessment. That's part of what I do most of the time too is identifying what the need is okay. and then finding appropriate resources. So if individuals could learn more about what agencies that we have in the community like New Milford Social Services or New Milford Senior Center, mm-hmm. um, they might learn a lot. Justin, with your job, like how does it affect you personally? Like how does it how do you take care of yourself? Well, I would say that it doesn't have much of an effect on me because I know that people now are getting the help that they need. So where before it would have bothered me because there was no place to turn. They didn't have any resources. They were told, call this number, but this number was only open from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. So what if the call was on a Saturday or at night? What would they do? Now um, they have somebody, and I do the best that I can to make sure that we find appropriate resources. I would say taking care of myself is by taking care of other people, and it it truly brings me happiness to know that people aren't alone. Mm -hmm. And I would say that I love to volunteer to give back to people who have it uh, who have less than I do. So I spend a lot of my free time working with local agencies like our local soup kitchen, Loaves and Fishes, or Camilla's Cupboard, or the Shelter Coalition. Right. Do you think there's a chance that New Milford would hire another Justin, you know, someone else to do your job when you're off duty? It depends if the need is there. Right. I um, Unfortunately, because this position is so new, it's it's hard to think that far in the future, right? right. If if I'm doing a good enough job and that people realize my capabilities, maybe maybe it's not needed. And maybe those resources could be spent on other programming. Right. Like maybe social services needs more or the youth agency yeah. needs more and the fact that it could go to that. Although you said it might be hard to see into the future, what do you hope for this program? My hope would be that other police departments take this opportunity to learn and adopt similar programs based on the needs of their community. Because I think that all I do is talk to people like a human, and they talk to me like a human, and that we work together to solve problems. And I think that policing can do that across the country. So you think that this is something that should and could be adopted everywhere? I think so. Because when we created this program, we, we addressed what the need was in the Milford at that time. And by providing the transportation when people are suffering from addiction or need housing, I'm able to do that because that's what New Milford needs. Maybe a larger city doesn't need that much of a transportation. Maybe they have more additional resources that can provide that for them. But all I'm doing is navigating the system on behalf of the client. And if, let's say, a larger city like New Haven has all those resources, maybe the person in my position only has to call those agencies and say, hey, look, we have this person. We know we've been working with you. Can you come here and help? Because I remember you uh, mentioning earlier when we talked that you were involved with someone from Waterbury. Mm -hmm. So Waterbury um, has a lot of challenges themselves. And I was speaking at a conference with several different agencies and they had asked questions. And it was merely just trying to get the message out there, you know, that we can all work together. And if there's anything that I can do to help other police departments grow their own identity, I will. Do you think this is something that not only should be talked about with police departments and resources, but also just everyday people as a resource and program for people to know about? Absolutely. The more that the public knows, too, the more that they can start building trust with the police department because we used to have an incredible amount of trust and we can get back there. 
So I know we talked about how, you know, the stress affects you and how the job affects you. What do you think um, happens to police officers with the stress that comes about them? Because I know you're more adapted to seeing all these overdoses and the stress that comes to a family. But do you think that other police officers are as well suited as you are? I believe so, because police officers have to do this all the time, too. Okay. Um, and that officers manage their stress the best that they can. I believe officers in specifically in New Milford Police Department do a very good job of managing their stress because we have a great administration who does take the welfare of their officers into consideration. Now, I can't speak for other departments in different areas, and unfortunately that you know might not be as successful. However, here we are taking the right step. Could you give us an example of a kind of resource they have at the police department to deal with their stress? So actually every town employee, including the police department, has the EAP program, the Employee Assistance Program, where they can seek additional counseling, um, financial resources if they need it. But also one good thing about being part of the police department is they do look after each other. So they understand due to the nature of the position that it can be a challenge. So they have experienced veterans within the police force that understand due to prior experience that they had, they know how to address it with younger officers. Right. So speaking of challenges, what challenges do you think you go through and they go through as well that aren't as talked about as they should be? I would say that, unfortunately, people call 911 and the police for everything, or, or so it feels like that. And unfortunately, the police's hands are tied because they are primarily responsible for enforcing laws. They are not primarily responsible to be able to fix air conditioners. And... Unfortunately, due to that, we've had to adapt and learn how to fix certain situations that are out of the box. And that's why we kind of created this program was because we did see an, an uptick in calls where it was like, wait a minute, we need to start doing something different. So that's that's definitely a challenge, I think, that policing faces overall today. It's just the fact that that's what people do. I would say that fortunately for the state of Connecticut, policing has been changing for quite some time. And I am not trying to dismiss anything going on currently in this country because there is a lot of things that need to be addressed. But policing in general, I apologize, Connecticut in general has usually been on the forefront of policy changes for policing. So we've implemented CIT programs, which is crisis intervention teams to attach them to police departments to work with people struggling with mental health. And we've taken more time in the academy to really teach officers how to appropriately communicate with people in need. Specifically in New Milford, They've been changing that for quite some time, and we've we've been doing the best that we can to communicate with the community. So I am not seeing at the same level of what we're seeing around the country as we are. How do police in New Milford feel about the police in other parts of the country? Like, does it affect the way they do their job? I would say that a lot of people within New Milford Police Department are struggling because there have been unfortunate circumstances across the country, and that they use that to make sure that they do the best that they can every day within the, the jurisdiction of New Milford, right? Because that's what New Milford can do, New Milford Police Department can do within this community. Right. Does it make them like afraid to do their job? I don't think so. I don't think officers are afraid to do their job because they understand that their job and responsibility is to protect our community. And every time that someone calls, we respond. What? Are police officers doing differently in light of the Black Lives Matter movement? Well, the Milford Police Department has me to be able to address a lot of the concerns of people that are vulnerable. Now, 
once again, New Milford Police Department has has been working on communicating with people in unfortunate situations for years now because the Black Lives Movement has been going on for years now. Most recently, since since George Floyd and the unfortunate circumstances that happened in May, you'd have to talk to the chief of police more specifically about policies that they've implemented. Uh, I was just going to ask because you said that you don't think that police are afraid to do their jobs, but have you found that people are more hesitant to go to the police if they have an issue or that they're more hesitant to reach out for that help? Currently, I have not seen that. I've seen that people are more than willing to call New Milford Police Department if they have anything going on, even if an air conditioner is broken during that Everstore storm. So, no, I, I don't see that. When we were talking about, um, you know, the overdose that you were going on, you mentioned that the person's parents came in, and that obviously means they're probably closer to our age or in their 20s. Um, do you most commonly work with people in their 20s, or do you think it's more geared towards, like, adults, parents? I would, the spectrum's very broad. Mm -hmm. I, I've, I work with people that are 10 years old. I work with people that are seven years old. I would say that across the state and across the country, when you look at specifically overdoses regarding opioids, that there is a young adult population that right. uses more. So I do tend to work with that population mm -hmm. and their families if they are at home. And if they don't have families and they're not living at home, I usually work with them or right. as closest to them. How does your approach differ from minors to adults? Well, being a minor, unfortunately, you do not have the same rights as adults do, and I think that we all know that here. So most of the time, I will have to include the family, right? right. So in making sure that we're all on the same level playing field. So if, if an individual, a young adult, comes to me that's uncomfortable with what's going on with their family, then that's a, that's a separate issue. So then that's obviously a, you know, a conversation that DCF is involved in because it's the welfare of the child. And being a mandated reporter, you have to report things that are going on with young adults and youth. So what's your relationship with DCF? I do work closely with DCF. Um, they're a great agency. They do the best that they can. And they also are an agency that gets a lot of call volume. So if I am in a situation where there is DCF involvement, I am working with DCF and for the betterment of the individual and their family. Because only together are we really going to create change. You know, you said that minors don't have the same rights as adults, obviously. Um, do you think that when a parent is there, it can really change the outcome of the situation? I would say it definitely can change the dynamic. Right. I think that oftentimes if I'm talking with someone and they're talking to me about their personal feelings, maybe it is uncomfortable maybe having the parent in the mm -hmm. room. Um, but, you know, we need to make sure that we're mindful of what those individuals' rights are. And if someone is feeling upset about a given situation, that I do connect them with resources that will help them. I was just going to say, talking about just minors, and obviously all of us who are talking to you are still in high school, do you think it's important to have these conversations with kids our age and for young adults so that they know what resources are out there and how they can get help if they need it for themselves or others? Absolutely. Um, I am the former chair of New Milford CAN, which is the local prevention council in New Milford. And I'm sure as all of you well know that there is a survey that's been conducted every two years from the Search Institute, right? And it, being the chair of that council at the time, I really loved the survey because I wanted to get your opinion. I wanted to get young adults' opinion on what's going on because I want to work with them. And I think even coming here today and speaking with all of you, it's great because young adults live in this community. 
they should have ownership over what's going on in this community. And I want your opinion because I want you to be part of the change. So I think that young adults should be learning more about what's available to them. I think that they should be getting involved. I would love to be able to start collaborating on volunteering and opportunities that are available for individuals in the community. It makes me think of um, last year when Jason, the director, at the time he wasn't the director, but um, we had a presentation at the high school about opioids and you know statistics. And I remember being relatively frightened by it because I had never actually heard the statistics. Do you think that there's more information that should be offered to the people of my age? Yes, I, I think that there is plenty of information out there. It's where do you look, right? In today's world, we're kind of saturated with information everywhere. And looking on those different websites that we talked about, but also getting involved in being a part of the youth agency. You know, you have a lot of great individuals that work here that can help steer the conversation. Do you think that having these conversations and even for young people, like getting involved with organizations like the youth agency at a younger age, it can prevent issues in the future that, but like prevent your services like from being needed in the future, preventing those substance abuses and mental health issues? Absolutely. I think overall, when I deal with a lot of people, it's the same story, right? It's, it's feeling alone. It's feeling helpless, hopeless and not having that sense of togetherness. And one great thing about the youth agency or getting involved in the community with other people is broadening your mind and feeling a part of something. And I think that young adults should take that opportunity if given. Is there anything else before we wrap up? You know, do you have any questions for us? Absolutely. I, I, I value everyone's opinion because I think that it, it helps me really learn where people are coming from. So I'd like to take a couple minutes really just to hear from your point of view, like what is your experience with policing? You know, what do you think should change? So I'll go first. Um, my experience with police is actually a pretty good one because earlier this year, um, my boss Stacy and another student went on like a field trip almost to the police station to go get um, just like a tour and like what they do and stuff. And everyone there like was very nice and they're like, everyone seemed very close and like a family. So I feel like if like everyone, every town is like that, then we, it would all be all right. What it sounds like is it sounds like you guys don't, some of you may not have a lot of experience with police because how do we, how do we view police? We view police as a, an opportunity where if something's going on that's wrong, they're involved. Right. So you're never really getting to learn what officers are doing in a good way. Right. And I mean, a lot of the experiences I've had are not direct experiences. It's more hearing, oh my God, this person did this, and then hearing about, you know, the SRO handling it and that sort of thing. So I think the closest experience I've actually had with a police officer before is when I got fingerprinted, and that was as far as it went because I don't really, you know, I don't have a huge crime rate in my neighborhood. I don't really see them a lot. I think that there is, unfortunately, some negativity surrounding the police and like police work and so that people have this perspective that might not be entirely accurate because I know on TV I see all these perceptions of the police that are negative but like personally my experiences have always been very good I have a lot of um, elderly people who live on my road and we have had some emergencies which the police had to be called in order to get help and they've always been really great about taking care of the situation making sure that person's okay and even I had to go to the police station yesterday to try to get fingerprinted. And even though they couldn't help me at the time, the person who called me was very nice about it. He apologized, offered you know, other times for me to go in. So I've always had very positive experiences. 
And I just think that it's unfortunate that sometimes that negativity can overshadow the positive things that do happen every day. And, and that's that's unfortunate, right? Because you know, as as you mentioned, right, it's the perception. So if I if I watch a video on something online and I see that that happened, of course I'm going to get frustrated and infuriated, right? Because that's it's in response to it. But if I really look at the totality of the circumstances, if I look everything involved, and I take a step back and realize, okay, what was the entire situation? Instead of hearing knowledge from one person, maybe I'll have a different view and outlook. And I tell you that specifically here in New Milford, being a part of the police department, it was a very very weird situation what you know everything uncomfortable that happened with george floyd but the week prior everyone loved the police through the pandemic we're risking our lives people are dropping off food then the next week you guys are pigs you're worthless we hate you and i i was confused because i was like what what happened I, I i did not do anything to any of you to cause that and i am so sorry and i can't even imagine the pain and the grief going on across the country and I will never excuse any of their behavior. But I know that if people took some time to talk to me, maybe they would feel different feel differently because I didn't nothing changed. I, I was doing the same work the week before as I was the week after, as that what I'm doing today. I think the main issue that people felt about that was, you know, seeing that we may have a very dedicated police department and they've never done anything to suggest that we should suspect them but at the same time we have no way of you know understanding or like knowing that you know this police department is different from that police department you know it's hard for us to differentiate every single one of them and know every single one of them personally so I think that, you know, as five white people, it's easy for us to trust the police department, but it might be different if we come from a different neighborhood or our skin was a different color. So I think that there's only so much that we can understand about the situation. So I understand the frustration of the Milford police, and I think it's unfortunate that they're getting the rep in that way, but it's also, you know, difficult for the community to always have confidence when things like George Floyd and Breonna Taylor can happen in the nation. Absolutely. And I think that's where we we need to start looking at that community aspect too, right. right? Not only do we need to raise certain standards across the country, but, you know, take some time to research, you know, look at what are the standards across the country for policing? Does every police department in the entire country have the same onboarding process? Do right. they have the same background checks? Do they have the same standards for hiring? It's a place to look. And I think that if you look at what's going on in Connecticut, they've been doing and making a lot of great strides over the course of the last decade that maybe we need to start promoting and implementing across the country. I think it's important for people to know, too, that the work that you've been doing has been going on even before all before George Floyd, before all of these protests and everything started happening. Like, you were doing this work beforehand, so the, the issue is being addressed, and there is there are changes being made to create a more positive environment and community. Absolutely. One other question I was going to ask is, for people who aren't part of this conversation, are there places they can go to find out more information about what you do or this program or where they can discover resources that you work with and things like that? Absolutely. So anybody's more than welcome to come to the police department and have a conversation. If they want to meet out in the community. We are actually remodeling our police substation at in Railroad Street, right at the Railroad Station building. So once that it's up and running, you know, there's another opportunity for you to come down in the community and meet and have open conversations. I love having open conversations because it's the only way that we're gonna start working together. Thank you for coming with us today and thank you for everything you do for our community.
Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. This has been New Milford Youth Agency's media production podcast. This show is produced and hosted by Roxana Dell, Sierra Lynch, Dylan Thomas, and Annabelle Colonna. Our executive producer is Stacey Cabasacallian.